Welcome to the In General Podcast, episode 96. My name's Jack, and I'm joined with Mr. Derek Davis himself. What's up? <laughs> what is up, dude? What is up? Well, I know what's not up is Facebook and Instagram. Oh, they are down. down. <laughs> so down. <laughs> I love it. They are. It's so funny because Instagram... Because uh, Facebook, I don't remember when they bought Instagram, but they bought Instagram, so Instagram's down, WhatsApp is down, everything's down, and it's fantastic. It really is. Take this opportunity to get away from social media, take a That's breath, right. get it into the real world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do it seriously. They, Instagram and uh, Facebook suck, but it, they are down, so which is quite funny, very funny. And uh, yeah. from all reports, even the employees can't get into the offices because their key cards run on the same uh, servers as. The ones that have crashed. <laughs> See, no one learns from the Jurassic Park movies. We would have seen this coming a mile away. All of us fans know better than this. Literally. You know, yeah. David Kep even is smiling now. He's thinking, you know, we all knew. Anybody well, that's every reason to smile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He yeah. really does. But um, yeah, so I mean the podcast is still live. We're live. And uh yeah, Derek, it's great to have you on, man. You've been on the podcast before. Yeah, I think at least once, maybe twice. I don't know. You know, when you get older, things happen to your memory, you know, collapses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like Facebook. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember you've been on. I think it was when you launched one of your Jurassic Time editions. We had. I know. I keep, it, I keep it confusing for everybody on purpose. <laughs> you know, different versions, different eras. But that's yeah. the creative process, man. You get better. You learn from things that you didn't like originally, and then the next one is better, and then the next one is better until you reach peak platinum edition. Although you may well, have, have you released a platinum edition? I haven't used the word platinum, so that <laughs> yeah, might be good if, if there is a next time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the thing. I mean for what for people that don't know, Jurassic Time is a John Hammond audio memoir using extracted audio from the computer game Trespasser, um, where he tells the story of the rise and fall of his empire of creating dinosaurs for the world um but yeah i mean it's a very unique story <laughs> I love the dramatic <laughs> dramaticness of that. but it's serious it is it's that game the history the lore of that game while trespasser itself is a buggy fun but weird to play game uh that was basically released unfinished um the audio is richard attenborough and it yeah. basically it totally expands the lore of Jurassic. Um, and as far as I'm aware, that it's not considered canon. Although, ah, come on, such dispute over that, isn't there? But what is canon? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it's, it anymore? <laughs> it's a word that that really rattles the feathers of some people in the fandom. It really is. It does. <laughs> it does. But I, I mean, mean, I I consider it like canon right like come on it's, it's telling I, a story that doesn't really conflict with the movies yeah i mean the way i see it is apart from certain dates that's what gets people hung up are certain dates clash with other dates you know in the supposed you know canon that we have now per se right. or you know it clashes like with novel dates like it's a good it's a big mixture of two different things but i mean it's authentic richard Attenborough, which for me that makes it authentic john hammond so it's like that you know, whatever, you know, little, you know, differences there are in what he's talking about. That's just due to old age, just like I was saying earlier. His memory's just a little, a little messed up, you know? I mean, we that all get that. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So. But Jurassic Time really is something. I mean, it's, you even dove into demos of the game, right? And you, you managed yeah. to uncover audio files that hadn't, you know, aren't in the final game that people hadn't heard before. 
Yeah, and that's actually part of the big reason why there has been so many different versions is because new things would leak out to would like leak out to the fan community, you know, including demos and betas and alpha versions of the game. Um, Shout out to Trescom. Yes, Trescom, trescom Trescom.org. That's definitely the place to go for anyone still interested in Trespasser, which you should be. Um, Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got to interject, though. Seriously. Trespassing Petrolia. Remember this? It sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That is the, it's the guy that was using, I'm pretty sure he was using the, oh no, not the crisis engine. Is it crisis? Crygen? Cryogen? Cryogen? Something like that. One of those engines, maybe unreal. I don't know. (laughs) But he was rebuilding the game and he had like basically rebuilt Isla Sauna and he was going through step by step, but it's one of those classic fan projects that ends up leading nowhere, but he was posting updates on Trescom and I'm curious. Yeah. Because his website has not been updated, but I am curious, like, is there an update on that game? As far as I know, last time I checked, there has not been. Um, that's the sad thing with a lot of these, you know, reimaginings with different engines. Um, engines. Um, <laughs> it, just, it just hasn't really ever panned out. I mean, some people have gotten close. I think, what was it called? JP Aftermath, not to be confused with something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, that's... Yeah, that got close. Been, I'm pretty sure they released a, a a playable level or something, right? Yeah, and it was pretty fun. I mean, even, there was like no dinosaurs in it. I think was what it was, but I mean, it had like the visitor center from Jurassic Park, and you could go in it. I mean, it was yeah. still really cool. It's um, it's a huge undertaking, and I think somebody remaking Trespasser, the great intentions are always there, but you need a team of people to do that successfully. Um, yeah. But it is something that I would love to see. That game has so much potential, had so much potential, and it would be incredible to see it played out now i mean just technically an open world on sauna let's be real that's what that's what we want (laughs) oh yeah i mean luckily with the trustcom community they've been able to get the um well i guess i shouldn't say this they've been able to get the source code for trespassers so they have been able to make it be more like it was intended um oh wow so yeah and they have released you know fixes for that you know using you know a legally owned retail copy of Trespassers. <laughs> you can fix it yourself. Um, so yeah, they have been able to do that. Like they even were able to get the Raptors to jump and, and to enter buildings, I believe. So I mean, oh, they wow. definitely cracked the code a bit to make it work without completely crashing. Usually. Yes. Yeah, I remember the last time <laughs> I played through it, uh, I was messaging you because I was stuck on a couple of levels here and there. And it was like, it was kind of second knowledge to you. You kind of knew it. You're like, oh, you just got to do this. You just got to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> just, the key guards get tricky, but after that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I and swear I, at one point I was stuck just trying to jump up a rock. I couldn't get out of that valley. I think it was the like the valley where the, bio, is it the Biosyn helicopter is crashed on the ground? Yeah. Probably um, industrial jungle level, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't, yeah. couldn't get out of there. <laughs> it was like a weird double jump thing that I had to do. But that game, seriously, if you haven't, if you're a fan and you haven't played it at this point, you've got to, you, you kind of have to dive yeah. in and, and play that game. But more importantly, listen to Jurassic Time because that is like, uh, it's like, it's just perfect. It's John Hammond. It's Richard Attenborough. Yeah. And it's, it's really, the project was made to preserve his performance was the main thing. And then of course I used music from the game and sound effects from the game to just, you know, enhance it basically. Um, and there were some other bonus tracks too. Um, the the most interesting thing was we had a complete script from Trespasser. Um, 
And it had a lot of unrecorded dialogue of John Hammond's in it. So another fan somehow used like an artificial intelligence uh, voice program. And he was able to recreate (laughs) John Hammond's voice using the Trespasser audio. So using the AI, I got the unrecorded dialogue to essentially be recorded, um, you know, with an artificial intelligence instead, which (laughs) is very time consuming. And it's obviously not 100% authentic because he didn't actually say these lines of dialogue himself. But I wanted to just have a couple bonus tracks to at least complete the story that was originally written. Um, So that was actually really fun to do and challenging because you're trying to create a performance how you imagine he would do it. Right. Um, Yeah. Using a timing, basically. Yeah. And it was a lot of it was a big learning curve. And you had to like trick the bot because it didn't always say things correctly. You can't just copy and paste a sentence. You have to like do it like in the vowels and syllables and everything. And even other weird tricks that just don't even make sense just to (laughs) make him sound like normal. But it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant though. It's it's great that that happened and that you were able to put that together because yeah, as we said, the the game is so there's so much to it, and it's unfortunate the way it did end up. Um, even um, yeah. is it Seamus? Who's the who's yeah the original game director? Seamus or Seamus Blackley? Seamus Blackley, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he talks about it occasionally, but he's not very favorable. Yeah, no, and he um, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that created the Xbox, and that's what got him you know into the business and that happened after trespasser so in a way trespasser was you know building into the xbox if you want to think of it that way and then mm. you know inspired the uh level developers for half-life if i remember correctly so they were inspired by trespasser and of course half-life inspired its own you know first person shooters and maybe even halo who knows and halo is xbox so there you go wow. um originally <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> so yeah interesting yeah no it's just, it's such a fascinating game but we will talk more about that you said aftermath before so yes we should dive into <laughs> some of the news that's it that's a segue <laughs> <laughs> So, (laughs) Aftermath Part 2 is something that a couple of percentage of fans have played. It's, uh, it was released... 2%! Yeah, 2%. It was released, um, uh, last week sometime, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And it is the Part 2, it's the follow-up to the VR game, Jurassic World Aftermath, where you play as fill-in-the-blanks, because I honestly don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> you I've play forgotten. as somebody who goes to New Bluff or something, and you talk yeah. on via radio to BD to Doctor Wu, or he yes. no? Does he play? There's audio files of Doctor Wu. Yeah, and I don't think it's authentically him, is it? I don't know <laughs> nothing about this. We're, we're the worst two people to talk about this, but it's That's something it. that happened. Yeah, it's it did happen. And it exists. I, I mean, yeah. Chris has Chris has it. Chris has the Oculus headset. Chris has played it. Um, uh, I haven't caught up with him. I don't know exactly what he thinks of it. But part one, we talked a lot about and we edited some video of that. And he seemed to have a good time. The The weird thing I find about it is that it's a VR game, right? VR is supposed to kind of replicate the real world and you dive into yeah. it. And it's the art style is... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the art style, yeah. yeah it's, it's almost <laughs> like a weird comic book kind of style. Yeah, more and realistic, it's not I ugly. Guess. It's just no. not what you expect from VR. 
Yeah, it's just not something I would have wanted. Like, even if I had a VR, I actually probably would not be that interested in it because it just the the aesthetics are not what I want to, you know, plug my brain into, basically. That's not I want to go into like Trespasser like that would be even with its old grainy graphics. I'd rather be surrounded by that than some cartoony world of Jurassic Park. Like that's that's not right. Jurassic Park to me. Exactly. Um. And and <laughs> we know they can do better too. I mean, there was yeah. the Dave and Buster's, the one that was at Dave and Buster's. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that either. This is terrible, but it was yeah. incredible. You, you, you team of mercenaries and you drop onto Isla Nublar post Jurassic World. And it feels like a modern day trespasser in the way it's built. You're in the deep yeah. jungles. Everything's it's abandoned vehicles. It just has the correct aesthetic. Should you know, yeah. put it that way. And, you know, that's what should have been on the Oculus headset. Yeah. And given the su- success with that, you think that they would have just expanded upon that instead of doing, let's go backwards and make it be a cartoon. Right. Um, <laughs> Although it is, um, isn't it from a woman's perspective in the game? Which, if it is, I think that's interesting because so was Trespasser. You know, Trespasser was your the player yeah. was Anne, voiced mm-hmm. by Minnie Driver. Um, so that that's kind of funny if they chose to do um from a female perspective again. It's like someone played Trespasser, like make her be like Anne, maybe. I don't know if they made her Ooh, be like maybe, Anne, yeah. But yeah, that'd be I mean, fun so if they did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's a really interesting. Uh, view i wonder if it is we could be entirely wrong but i think actually maybe you're right maybe aftermath is the main character is a woman i don't yeah know. i don't I know video we clips we should have yeah we should have prepped some research for this one but we didn't we're so, not real know. jurassic park fans guys no. we're just throwing it, <laughs> we yeah. should it for the money <laughs> yeah yeah for which we're getting none <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. but there is something we can both talk about that we know a little bit more about and that is bd <laughs> wong's comments about dominion so obviously we are how long until dominion you know what there is a website that tells us how long and that is yes and it's not question. just on facebook so we're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know when uh, everybody shifted and websites weren't a thing anymore <laughs> now they're <Yeah>. laughing <laughs> exactly uh, 248 days until Jurassic Damn. Park 6. Now, where'd you get that information? Was it from a little website called JurassicOutpost.com? A little something, something. Yeah, I don't. I never yeah. typed that in, though. I typed JurassicWorld.org, <laughs> and it brings me to the holding page that says, oh. redirecting you to the You were old-fashioned. You were <laughs> yeah, so old-fashioned there. Wow. I just don't want to let go. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> uh, two, 248 days though. We're 248 days out, and BD Wong has some comments about the movie. And it's funny because this is something that Colin has been saying for a very long time now that, you know, everybody's everybody's worry was that they bring back the original characters, and these characters won't have accurate screen time. They won't adequate, shall I say, screen time. They won't have their time to shine. Yeah. Uh, because they'll just be cameos like Jeff Goldblum was in Fallen Kingdom. But Colin's been saying for a long time, they're leads. They are lead characters. They lead us through the movie. The same with Owen Clare and 50 other lead characters that they've cast. No Um, kidding. (laughs) But BD Wong has reaffirmed this. He says, uh, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum are in it. And they're not in it like, oh, look, there they are. They're playing leading parts in the movie. So I think, again, um, coming from... Uh, B.D. Wong, who was in the original, obviously, um, Dr. Wu, for a small role in the original. Uh, he's had more of a role in the Jurassic World trilogy. 
See, we know who B.D. Wong is. We are actually fans enough to know who B.D. Wong is. So we are qualified <laughs> to talk actor. about this topic. <laughs> actor. <laughs> yes. yes. An actor. Um, uh, that's what Corey brought up the other day. What is it? More than your education. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, the line from The Lost World, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do, is Ludlow just... just exaggerating the word or is that how he says it because he's british or is he just being a poncy twat that's kind of my assumption was that he was being a ponce yeah i mean i'm i'm not british so i cannot speak for the british people like like you can jack you actually have <laughs> the essence of the british empire within your veins so you could blood. actually talk about it. yeah yeah <laughs> well I mean, I, I mean i always assumed that line was him being a twat right i think so yeah i mean he used to be like this suit costs more than your education and education. it's like i'm just a little bitch you know <laughs> yeah, yeah literally um yeah. but a, a great line i mean ludlow yeah. while he died in the lost world he did come back in was it dinosaurs in the desert or was it what was it that comic book oh yeah that's one of the the pre-Jurassic World comic books, right? Like right before Jurassic World came out, they had those new line yeah, of comics um, that barely anyone read. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had them as well. I had, yeah. I had the original, like I had the, I remember they did, was it TDW? I think it was, yeah. Something um, DW, IDW? IDW, IDW. Yeah, IDW, I think it was IDW. Yeah. So they had, uh, yeah, they had, they did special edition covers for all of them as well. I remember buying all of them and I had each one and then I, they've gone now, I've sold them. But um, they were, uh, they were cool comics and they brought Peter Ludlow back, which holds absolutely no relevance to what we were talking about. So um, it's very interesting <laughs> that BD Wong, <laughs> no. Well, it was relevant because you proved again that you're not really a fan. You're just doing it for the money because you sold the comics. That's it. I, so, I held onto yeah. them until they gained more profit and then I sold them for said profit and I pocketed the money and uh, yeah. yeah. And what yeah. could be more of a fan than being that? So maybe Ex you are a fan after all. Exactly, so exactly. Exactly. <laughs> talking of being a fan though i mean i think i'm ready to take off the jurassic park clothing and uh put on the full hogwarts attire <laughs> gown the uh, <laughs> uh no i am a i i really love harry potter now I, yeah he's he's bitten the harry potter bug or the harry potter bug has bitten him more mm. likely is usually mm -hmm. how it goes <laughs> yeah because you just got into it like what a month ago or so you finally <laughs> You finally watched them all. How old are you again? You have never seen them? Like, my I'm God. 20, 28, 27 <laughs> or 28. And um, one of those. He's had ages. a few drinks. He's had a few drinks. I'm, yeah. I actually, I think I'm 28. Um, so <laughs> and I, I've watched, I, I've, we've said this before, but I watched the first three when I was a kid and didn't really, I don't know, I just wasn't really into it. And, uh, and then just all of a sudden, yeah, one Sunday where I can't remember, I think I may have been hungover or I may have just been you know, lazy on a Sunday. And I just was like, I really want to watch Harry Potter in the Philosopher's Stone. Not That's the right. Stone, the Philosopher's Stone. That's right. For all you kids out there that don't understand what the difference is, Philosopher's Stone is the UK original title for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It wasn't until it was brought over to the United States that it became <laughs> Sorcerers. United. So that is why. United. Are we united, though? That's a different discussion Ooh. for a different podcast. Ooh, oh, absolutely not. Far from it. Topical. But do, <laughs> but do, but do we know why? What is the real reason they changed the name? I think there was like from the publisher, I, I was actually Scholastic that changed it, not WB, because um, they changed it from 
when it was published as a book. And I think they were concerned that kids wouldn't understand what a philosopher is, even though a philosopher is a thing out here too. But I guess people don't associate philosophers in the United States with like, you know, sorcery or, you know, that kind of magical kind of sensibility. So I guess their thinking was, oh, you know, changing the sorcerers because, oh, when, you know, Americans hear sorcerers, they obviously think of magic. So it's like, just change it to that. So basically, they thought the American kids would be too stupid to know what the book was about. See, yeah. that's so funny because <laughs> when I was a kid, the the rumor like that went around the playground is uh, because Americans can't say the word philosophers. And obviously, that's not <laughs> true, but that kind of holds some relevance in what you were saying. It's more about that they just didn't think the understanding would be there. That's so weird, though. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, they, they, would, they would watch the movie and then they'd understand, right? Yeah, I mean, as someone that's also trying to publish my own book, I know publishers are very particular about what they want and like how they can sell the book. Like that's, I mean, it's a business, just like with movies. It's like they have to really focus on how are we going to sell this? What's the best way we can do to sell the story? And I get it. Um, but I still think that's funny that that was something that they were hung up on yeah so, seriously single word <laughs> yeah especially because it's the only one they did it to so it really does feel like an odd one out especially if you buy say a blu-ray collection because that's <laughs> it's one thing i'm now looking at it's like i want to <laughs> see all these movies in the best possible quality i can uh, yeah i'm looking at like you know the 4k blu-ray set which is over 200 dollars. i have to say that is very expensive but i'm in it i'm so ready to pay that money i'm <laughs> in it for the making ofs and the behind the scenes and the bonus features Oh, but yeah. the DVD, the, the disc, <laughs> the disc is going to say sorcerers. And it's, well, actually, I think it depends because if, from my understanding, and you could probably look on YouTube, they actually, when they did Sorcerer's Stone, the movie, they did reshoot on um, the scenes, like different takes. I mean, they did different takes for when the kids and anyone would say sorcerers and swap it out with philosophers. So I think with the UK DVDs and maybe the Blu-rays, they actually say philosophers on the UK releases, but in the States, they do say sorcerers. So there's actually two different versions of that movie, technically. I mean, it's very, just with different takes for those moments, which there aren't that many, uh, of course, maybe like three or four different shots where they say sorcerers or philosophers. So, yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's so I know. weird. What a pointless <laughs> thing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You had an issue with your Amber Collection figure. Well, yeah, and it's not an isolated issue. It's apparently very widespread, especially because when I went to the Target to get one, they all had widespread pants. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Widespread dirty pants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Hammond's an old guy. You know, maybe he forgot his Depends that day. I don't know, but it was... Dinosaurs are scary. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a dirty place, Isla Nublar. As as we all know, it's very dirty. You know, there's even pigs running around in the raptor pens. Who let that happen? Um, but, but it does. It how... is funny because we, uh, I believe, we unveiled, we revealed, unveiled uh, John Hammond's Amber Collection figure on Beyond the Gates, and obviously, yeah. me and Chris were sent early figures for to begin filming. So it aligned with the episode. Obviously, is how it works. Um, we began to realize that the figures we were getting, a lot of them were either early factory or protos. Yeah. Not in the sense of like, oh, they've got Hot Wheels packaging. You know, they are <laughs> they are basically shelf ready. But we noticed the minor differences here and there. Um, and in paint and stuff like that, I believe like the Jurassic Park 3 Raptor that Chris received had 
slightly different paint to the actual product images. And then everybody, when it actually released on shelves, it was different. We had a very slight change there. But the John Hammond uh, didn't have shitty pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even just on his pants. Like, it kind of goes on his shirt, too. But it's just really, it really <laughs> caked it on his pants. Like, it just really, and I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to, I guess, go for a more, like, realistic kind of, like, It was texture, it. wasn't it? It was trying to yeah. give all white clothing, you know, definition and texture. Yeah. Um, and in the end, they, they made it seem like he'd either slipped down a muddy, muddy hill or pooped his pants. Yeah. Just, you know, choose your story. Choose your own adventure. You know, <laughs> copyright Netflix trademark. Yeah, your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they can't say that anymore. They got sued. So I don't know what they say now. They call it like... Well, Netflix did. Yeah, they got... Um, I think they got uh, sued by the Choose Your Own Adventure <laughs> book company. I think it was oh, for the Bandersnatch episode that they did. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's so good. Yeah. Netflix deserved <laughs> to be sued many times. Many times Oh, over. they got the money to cover any expenses anyway. I'm very yeah. sure. That is um, so funny. They got sued for that. What do they call it now then? I, I forget. It's like choose your journey or something like that oh, or pick God. your journey. I don't know. I'm all right. Thanks, um, Netflix. I'll just watch A to Z <laughs> programming. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, you still have to watch the um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, Choose Your Own Adventure episode because it's amazing. And Daniel Radcliffe is in it. So, oh, interesting. You know, that's one yeah. thing that uh, this, I don't know, I don't even know if this is a controversial opinion regarding Harry Potter, but um, as the story progresses and as the characters grow up and as the actors, you know, obviously become more, more better at acting. Um, no, they are. Do you know what? Genuinely, all of those kid actors are just fantastic as kid actors. Oh, yeah. Especially no, Hermione in the first, even in the first one, you know, you've got, <laughs> you've got dirt on your nose. Don't you know? Right there. <laughs> and then Ron. Ron's reaction, just like all like, God, don't point that out. Jeez. Flustered. Yeah. <laughs> Fully but, flustered. Um, one thing I, I noticed was Daniel Radcliffe's the only one that, that just for the occasional line doesn't hold up. <laughs> well, hold a up. big, I think a big part of that was, and he's, I think admitted this in interviews after the movies came out. He kind of, I think around movie six, he was kind of drinking a bit behind the scenes. Like he was kind of going through that teenage phase, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, really? I think he even said that he was literally, you know, drunk behind the scenes. Like, I don't know how often, but you know, like he said it happened. So wow. I'm sure his headspace wasn't completely in the role for at least, you know, the sixth movie, maybe even the last two. I'm not sure, but fair um, enough. I mean, it's that yeah. the whole franchise is fantastic, but it's got to have taken yeah. such a toll on child actors. Yeah, eight movies is a lot for anybody. They were I'm almost sure. back to back as well. Like I'm sure <laughs> yeah. the years between the first three were like a year between the films, right? Actually, I think for Chamber of Secrets was because Chamber of Secrets came out the next year. Like it literally that movie literally was back to back off as Horse for a Stone. Like it That's there crazy. was like no time at all. Um especially at that age to just go to and they're big movies, obviously. So I mean that's that's just crazy. Um but, but yeah, oh, but back to Hammond, Dirty Hammond. So the best <laughs> way, the best way to get um, Hammond's pants clean is to just use some nail polish remover and like some Q-tips or like a cotton swab and just wipe, wipe down his pants until wipe you get off. that dirt, dirt or poop off, whatever you want to come up with for that. And then it looks fine. So, I mean, Got it's... Got venom. Could be that. Yeah, there you go, Dothosaurus venom. Um, as, you know... Not, not Jimmy Kimmel. 
God, what's his name? Um, <laughs> shoot, I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, no. Um, yes, no. Good tips. Good tips. Good yeah. Q tips. Good suggestions. Yeah, it, oh, that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh so there God. was um, there was one other thing uh, news wise that we should talk about, and it is um, you actually sent this to me. This is the Evolution Two. They've been doing heaps of promotion. That game is out soon. It's got to be out. What's in November? Is it November? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I believe it was. So but the tweet was posted this morning and it says in chaos theory mode, it looks like Jeff Goldblum and Jesse Cox get ready for a wavy ride. What have they done? Watch the world premiere of chaos theory on Friday, October 8th, 7 PM BST and 11 AM PST. So uh, I think, yeah, they're revealing what the chaos theory game mode is. Yeah, and I think Wavy Ride might be a clue of sorts. Could be talking about the Mosasaurus because when a Mosasaurus swims, it might make waves in Ooh. the ocean. Um, <laughs> that's just my theory. That's my theory. So it's, it's an interesting theory. theory. I mean, <laughs> I uh, have my own, you know, thoughts about evolution uh, too. But the set that they're on in this video is very cool. It looks like my hometown because I live in a desert that looks, well, not as clean looking as that <laughs> desert set does, but it has Joshua trees and saguaro cacti. You and, gotta love you know, it. I mean, that's, that's there's some attention to detail and they're obviously pushing yeah. that view. So we really are in the evolution too. We really are venturing out of jungles and the classic, the five deaths and Isla Nublar. We're going into new environments and that's something that will, will be prominent in that game. Um, yeah, and I think you guys it. mentioned, well, yeah, oh yeah, I am, I'm definitely excited for it. Um, and one of the things I am excited about is how much of it is connected to Dominion, which I know you guys talked about before, I believe on the last episode. Um, so that's, I wonder if they do spend some time in the desert kind of environment for more than just like, you know, 30 seconds or so, or if there actually is like a set piece in the desert, that would be definitely a different for a Jurassic movie. Um mm. I don't know, given the shooting locations, I'm probably guessing not that they've, for the ones that they've revealed anyway. Well, we know that Chris, well, I'm pretty sure Chris Pratt went to that island, no? Uh, or was that Malta? No, it was Malta, Malta wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the only one that I know of, but maybe uh, there's... So I guess, no, I don't know. We de they definitely spend some time in snowy environments. Yeah. Uh, which we know of from Dominion footage reveals and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, we know that the, is it Socotra, that island? Oh, I forgot about that one. That, yeah. I believe that most of that footage was from that prehistoric scene. Um, okay. That's, that's where a lot of that ended up, which makes sense. I yeah. mean, that prehistoric scene. Did you get a chance to see that? You go to an IMAX? Yeah, I saw it in the IMAX, yeah. Okay, good, yeah. yeah. I saw it legally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you yes. can definitely see it illegally, but it's one of those scenes yeah. that truly is... It was so mesmerizing to see it on screen because it's so impressive yeah. and it's something, you know, I, if you uh, are a frequent listener, you'll know that I don't really have uh, a lot of love for the Jurassic World movie so far, but Dominion, that scene when I saw it uh, in a cinema, it genuinely gave me chills and it felt like Jurassic. It felt like a really good, um, it, it just, it felt right. And that's something that I hope the rest of the movie feels like that and, and kind of holds that, that feeling. Yeah, had that kind of pseudo documentary kind of feel like Walking with Dinosaurs, the original, not that movie version. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or even like um, the Disney movie Dinosaur, which, you know, for all its issues, you know, with the talking dinosaurs, I mean, it did have some 
breathtaking scenery, especially in its very own first opening five minutes. That's like the best part of the movie um, where there is no dialogue or anything. Um, right. So, I mean, it definitely had that kind of grand epic dinosaur feeling, but also in, in this case, a bit more authentic for what we currently know about yes. dinosaurs and their environment. So. Yeah. It definitely it was it was uh, it was a really great scene so it'd be interesting to see what happens with evolution 2 and how much that ties in yeah um, yeah I'm, I'm hoping it does i mean even like the vehicles like for the the wildlife you know vehicles um like the parks and you know recreation kind of stuff no pun intended there with chris pratt being involved um <laughs> but yeah it's no i mean it seems like they're they're definitely carrying some of the aesthetics um but I don't know. They they need to reveal more, which apparently they soon will. Mm. Um, so mm. we'll mm. see. Interesting. I I am, I am looking <laughs> forward to it. I think it should be. It'll be a nice Christmas game. Well, what what are um what are your concerns for Jurassic World Evolution Two? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So my <laughs> so <laughs> I seem to be in the minority, but I know that there are a lot of people that are feeling the same. Um. It, so far, the gameplay, it does look good, but it doesn't look... Like, in terms of graphics, it doesn't look any better than the first. And the first yeah. looked fantastic, so don't get me wrong. It's not a negative. It's just, it feels like Jurassic World Evolution 1.5. It doesn't yeah. feel any different. And I know that they're, you know, they're exploring a lot more territories and locations and game modes. I'm sure it will be fantastic. But to me, it doesn't look any different. And it doesn't... Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it, part of it comes from the fact that I really want a different kind of game. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I, I do tough. get that. It's yeah. tough. There's just, yeah. yeah. Well, my, my big issue with the first Jurassic World Evolution game was that it just didn't feel enough like Jurassic Park or even in some cases Jurassic World somehow, um, which I thought was very strange because the, the dinosaurs look spot on. I mean, I have no problem with the way the dinosaurs look in terms of like matching like the movie counterparts too and that kind of thing. It's um, arguably the best bit. The textures as well on those dinosaurs is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And their behaviors are really seem authentic for, you know, what it is as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. It just doesn't feel, as, oddly enough, doesn't feel as immersive as I want it to be. I don't know how to really change that though. That's the weird thing. I think. I think what you're saying holds for me as well is that I just kind of want a different game. Um, I want to explore it like, you know, like a, you know, like walking first person basically, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you can follow around certain guests kind of, and you know, you, you can, can draw. I the think tours. the best, the thing I do the most is build the park, get it up, you know, whatever. Usually I, I I'll always play like the return to Jurassic park DLC. Yeah. That's kind of like, I, I want that one. aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get in a Jeep and I'll just drive around. And I'll just, I, yeah. I feel like that's the best way to explore your park. It's first person. Uh, well, it's third person in the Jeep, right? Yeah. Or if you do like the tour, like if you create a Jurassic Park tour with a tour vehicles, you know, you can be in the tour vehicle and just let it take you on the ride, which yeah. I do. That's what I like doing too. Just kind of getting that first person because that, that is first person perspective for that. Yeah, um, that really is great. But I think. I think Chris may maybe brought this up. The replay replay value, unless you're just really into it, it just isn't there. Like I haven't yeah. played Evolution in a long time, and I I don't know. I I remember playing. Yeah. I was a kid, so it's different. But I played Operation Genesis nonstop 
And I went back to that game and I did it again and I did it again. And that game was just so good. And you feel immersive and you feel like you're in the park and the park feels real. The park yeah. that you built feels real. And the game has flaws. Yeah, it's what? How old is that game? It's got to be. It came out when Jurassic Park 3 came out. So that was in 2001. 20, yeah. 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an old game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, it just doesn't really. I think we do just need a different game at this point, especially when the last big Jurassic Park game was another park builder. So it's like they replaced that with another park builder. So it's like, okay, now it's <laughs> instead of doing a sequel to the park builder, let's do a new game, which I know they almost did for Jurassic World. They almost did a like a first person shooter, right? Um, it was a uh, happened. Yeah. So Jurassic World Survivor, it was a first yeah. slash. It could have been a third person because they had uh, it was all the run cycles of Owen and different characters and dinosaurs. And it was the full body um, but then I think there was a screenshot that was first person. You had a gun, you had a Spaz 12. It looked like Muldoon and a Raptor, something like that. They were definitely exploring the thing that we all, a lot of us want to see. Um, it's just, yeah, if you, if you don't want to play Evolution, then you can play a mobile game <laughs> or you can play yeah. another mobile game or you can play, what else is there? Oh, or you can grab yourself a very expensive Oculus headset and play a <laughs> VR game, which doesn't feel like VR. It feels like, well, it's the comic yeah. book stuff. <laughs> it's weird. It kind of kind of back on Aftermath just for a moment. Like, it's, it is interesting how, like, they did a comic book approach to that. Whereas, like, a, a new game that came out on VR and also on PC and everything else was a remake of Myst, which is, like, the original like computer game of its time from the 90s you know it's like a first person not a shooter but like kind of like a puzzle solving game where you're in different worlds linking between different books that you touch you know kind of portals like that um and that looks amazing like they made it look like you know the game but real basically like they've made it look come to life in you know three dimensions and everything so it's like and that's just like a small little gaming company that did that like they're kind of like a you know, self-supporting kind of game company that, you know, did the VR version of Myst. So you think with Universal's backing, you know, they can put out whatever money they want to in it pretty much, especially for one of their biggest franchises, Jurassic Park. I mean, what are you, what are they waiting for? It's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. The history of Jurassic has a load of canceled games. And usually the canceled ones are the ones that we all want to play, like uh, Jurassic Park survival i think it was called. yeah and you know what's funny they had a trailer for that game on the jurassic park 3 soundtrack because it was one of those enhanced soundtrack <laughs> cds love it and it actually had a trailer you just pop the cd into your computer and it would come up with like the you know trailer like little production notes and everything you know when they used to do cool stuff for you know releases like that mm. um and yeah one of those extra features was a trailer for jurassic park survival that never came out which, to this day i still watch that trailer and wish we got that game i remember having it yeah. pre-ordered and i remember i can't remember what, i think it was amazon my dad had pre-ordered it for me and i was waiting on that and then i used to remember checking like GameSpot and ign and just seeing like coming soon coming soon and then i remember my dad telling me once it looks like they've canceled the game son <laughs> and it was Your like heart oh, was crushed <laughs> i know it was like these are pre-social media days so i had nowhere to go nowhere to vent <laughs> yeah so i just yeah. swung my fists around in anger no i am um, <laughs> that was that was did. sad because that game was was it could have been cool i mean obviously now it looks 
so dated and so bad, yeah. but yeah, uh, it's we, like, we needed that. Yeah. We needed that. Well, hopefully at some point they will realize. Maybe post it. Maybe the, the thing is they're waiting for this current story to to wrap up so that it can be ready for what comes next. And that's when maybe when they'll explore the full thing. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, it's it's interesting to feel right now like, oh, originally if COVID hadn't happened, we would have already seen Dominion by now. And it's this true. would have all been all old news and, you know... And maybe we'd Jurassic be, World be, Evolution 2 would have been different. That's know? it. And you and I, we'd be sat here right now. We'd be talking about Jurassic World 4 and all of our expectations for that movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll do when Dominion comes out. Obviously, there will be a number four. Or I don't know. Would they rename it? Would it be... Would they call it something else? Jurassic... Universe. Universe. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Jurassic do Planet. From Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic... Jurassic Island again. It goes back to an island. But yeah, <laughs> just, why not? Just go pre. Well, I, I don't know. It's like I hope they do like spinoffs instead of like you know, just like another trilogy kind of thing. I'd rather just have like these different isolated stories just for you know a single movie, kind of like what uh you know Battle of Big Rock. I mean, it was kind of part of the story, but not. It was an isolated incident. Um, you know, they could expand upon something like that for a whole hour and a half or two hours. It would be fun, I think. Yeah, um, that's definitely I mean, something that we've we've discussed before. Is is you know after these big budget blockbuster movies, would you know do we just want to see a TV show or do we want to see smaller movies? Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean you look at movies like A Quiet Place, and I, I think I said this on the last podcast, but you replace the sort of creatures in that with velociraptors and you got yourself a Jurassic movie. Yeah. And, easily, easily. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, just do it. I mean, it's it, Jurassic world. It's done nothing but get bigger and bigger as time has gone on. But you know, the thing that made Jurassic was the isolation and, and the smallness of it, the tightness of it. And that's something, obviously I know that Colin said that he's aiming for that in dominion. That it's going to go there or something, but let's yeah. hope post dominion. There is some, some, some exploration into that. Maybe that's something even Colin himself wants to explore. I hope so. Cause I know it, I'm sure with a lot of these big franchises, they're kind of afraid to go smaller after going so big. They yeah. feel like they have to keep getting bigger to bring people back. Well, I guess what they don't always realize is that you can actually go smaller and still bring back, you know, the same audience or even the bigger audience. Um, kind of like some of these reboots actually try to do that. Like with, um, like the new Halloween reboots, like, you know, they, they did Rob Zombie's reboot for a while and that tried to go really big, you know, in terms of how a story like that could go, like overdo it and make it be extra insane basically. But now they've taken that out of the equation. They've replaced it with like, Oh, let's bring back the old characters, you know, the old cast and, you know, not be quite so over the top, I guess, but still be engaging. Um, I feel like and Halloween worked. That, that I, I thought it yeah. was a great, great movie. Um, yeah, not perfect, but no. you know, it's so many years on, and it's a slasher horror, so it's is what it is. It worked. Um, yeah. Have you seen? Is it out yet? Halloween Kills or Halloween? It, it comes out, I think, in a week or two weeks. It's very streaming soon. as well, streaming in cinemas at the same time. Is that right? Yes, on on Peacock, which is the Universal Studio streaming service. We're <laughs> plugging that in right now because uh, we want that extra money. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> yes, yes. Join Peacock. Actually, Peacock's not really that bad. I mean, they have like a free option, so I mean, 
why not? I mean, you could still watch some stuff with like commercials, but they also have, um, oddly enough, they do not have the Jurassic Park movies right now. <laughs> I, I think Jurassic Park's still on Netflix, right? So Netflix currently has the, stream, the streaming rights for Jurassic. Well, it kind of bounces, bounces around. I think it's on HBO right now, believe it or Oof. not. Yeah, because it was on HBO Max, at least for a while it was. So, I mean, certain movies are still in limbo because of the rights issues, like you said, but it's just kind of like, who knows when it's going to end up there. But I don't know. I mean, it's funny that Camp Cretaceous is like a Netflix show. So it's like it could never go to Peacock, which I is the universal. That. Yeah, I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the so. thing. I mean, I, I, it, this is a bit of a uh, detour, but Netflix, you know, I feel like the studios should have just bought into Netflix instead of, because the idea of Netflix was to solve this issue of all these different platforms and all these different areas and all these different places to go to get your films, videos, TV shows. Netflix kind of solved that for a lot of people. You pay six pounds a month or $10 a month or however much you pay and everything's there. Everything you want is there. But then Disney Plus, HBO, all these different platforms, Amazon started coming in. And now we've reached a point where we're back in the same place. You either pay $50 a month for every platform and you have your choice of what you want to watch or you pick and choose and it becomes frustrating. And again, it's going to, all it's going to do is lead people to uh, pirating movies because they're yeah. at a point where it's like, I can't <laughs> afford it right now. I can't afford all yeah. these platforms. So yeah, it's, it's a shame. I, I feel like, you know, Universal could have bought into Netflix and just had a bunch of their titles on there and reap some of the rewards from that. I don't know. A lot of, most people have Netflix at this point. It was the first and, you know, yeah, I think I think honestly Disney Plus kind of was the one that began the dark cycle that we're in now. Um yeah. like I don't know, because I guess the way that Disney Plus, for example, saw it was hey, if we can make our own streaming service, you know, have all of our own content on there, which for them at least they do have a vast library of content that they could put on one service that they don't even have to make up, um, even though they are anyway, with shows like The Mandalorian. Um but I mean, they get a hundred percent of the streaming money, which is why they like to do the streaming of their movies um, simultaneously with theatrical releases too, because it cuts out the middleman. Which, in the case that you're talking about, like breaking away from Netflix, you know, they're cutting out, you know, the Netflix amount of money that they would make from Disney movies. So now it's just all 100% Disney. So I'm sure <laughs> that's what all studios wanted to right. go for. Um, yeah. I mean, Disney Plus, I remember when they launched, they had The Simpsons on there, but the original, I mean, it must have been up to the first 12 seasons of The Simpsons, maybe more, maybe less, was in 4.3. It was square format. And they cropped it, so it was 69, you know, so it was widescreen. Oh, God, I hate that. (laughs) A lot of The Simpsons was visual jokes, and uh, they cropped out a lot of the jokes. They said they fixed it. To this day, they have not fixed it. So, I mean, if you are, like, if you... I mean, who likes New Simpsons? No one. But if you watch the original <laughs> Simpsons, you Disney Plus is not the place to go for that because you're gonna you, no. you're gonna miss stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's yeah. a complete complete departure from what we were talking about, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Derek, you bought something, and that something arrived. Yes. It has arrived. The one, <laughs> the only, Ray Arnold with Velociraptor. With pouncing Velociraptor. 
you got the San Diego Comic Con 2021 Special Edition set. It's a beast. Three minutes, I can have power back on the entire park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> it, is actually, see it. <laughs> it is a really sick set. It is a really cool piece. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> and that's what happens when you hold on to your butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I find it interesting that they made, uh, uh, I guess you could, it's kind of a play. It's not really a play set. It's like a set, fix yeah. set um, for a scene that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is interesting because I do like I do like the concept of it because obviously it happened because, you know, he was in there. He got ripped apart by the raptor. You know, his arm fell off. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it fell off somehow. So I mean, that's what happened. So I mean, it's filling in the, you know, the the blanks for fans, which is kind of cool that they can. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of toys anyway, like for for kids and adults. You know, yeah. it was too big. <laughs> but to it, imagine it's what true. And uh, Chris and I were lucky enough; we worked on the launch video for the figure itself, and just working with Mattel, like we learned. Obviously, we worked with them with Beyond the Gates as well. But you learn very early on that the, the guys there, everybody that works there, they are actual fans. I mean, they're real fans. They understand the law. They understand a lot. And uh, two of the guys that were running this project, um, they it, this was like an ultimate dream for them to create this sequence that didn't exist in the movie in a toy form and they got to do that and i just think that's so cool because as a fan that is actually something that i want as well and yeah it's uh it's just really cool to see i mean ray arnold figure with with detachable arm come on yeah <laughs> i think i think all fans i mean for one all fans always wanted a ray arnold figure i right. believe i mean i did and you know they also have the amber collection version but i mean this one is just like a fun it's such a fun packaging for one. It's amazing packaging. They made it look like the shed from Jurassic Park and everything. And mm-hmm. I even like the, um, God, what would we call it inside? Um, like the high voltage box and everything. Yes. yes. Like I love that they included that. So, I mean, what's fun is, I mean, you would have to turn off the audio or not push the button, but you could even put the Ellie figure in with the Raptor in that same scene you know, for a scene that did happen <laughs> and you could actually <laughs> recreate that as well. Mm. <laughs> so the only, start... figure, the only figure that I'm missing is Lex. Yeah. That's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it is coming. I mean, I know nothing, but they need I'm, to make I'm sure it's coming like eventually. That. It's yeah. gotta be coming. I mean, if they yeah. don't, <laughs> but that's it. I almost feel like maybe they're <laughs> holding it because it's been held for so long and they're just like keeping it held. They've probably got it. It's ready. It's packaged. It's ready to go. And they're just yeah. like, nah, it's not the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope, I mean, and I hope they are doing it. If they're not doing it, I hope they're listening and I hope they, they do something with Lex. Maybe they're trying to figure out what kind of set to put her in. I mean, they could have just put her in with Tim and the main road set that they came out with, with the um, Explorer um but maybe that would have cost more of course more than the price point they would have wanted but you know tim and lex together in a set like that would have been great too but i don't know i mean some some people say that they could do like the whole you know lex with the baby triceratops which was a cut scene from the original script um of jurassic park um various scripts she did that but even the david kep script um they even made the animatronic model for stan winston as I'm sure a lot of fans know. Um, so that, I mean, maybe yeah. they could do that. I mean, they did this set, so 
Exactly. That would, be, uh, that would be really cool. I think that would be a great exclusive. Maybe they're saving it for next year's Comic Con. Maybe yeah. that'll be that year's exclusive. They've done Hammond. They've done Nedry. They've done Ray Arnold. It'll be Lex. Yeah. We can only hope. Get on it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Guys. We have a couple of questions, Derek. We have some questions to talk about, to answer, to prompt discussion. These questions are always great. But we missed one last uh, last month, last episode. We How missed could you? a question. Um, so Siaka <laughs> asks, out of all of the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World supporting characters so far, which would you pick as a protagonist for a future Jurassic film? Ooh, it's a good one. So supporting characters as well. Yeah. And I guess we have to use, I guess we have to use characters that the actors are still alive, perhaps. Like, I would love a Roland Tembo movie, but the actor that played him died a few years ago, I oh, believe. Man. Pete Possesswaite. Um, yes. No, okay, hang on. Let's. So, they're obviously, he's not dead, but they've recast Cameron Thor as Lewis Dodgson for obvious reasons. Yeah. He's <laughs> a little kid. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, yeah. So, I mean, Okay, let's just go with any. They don't. They can be dead or alive. Okay, I guess that's true. They could just recast him. Yeah, but Hard yeah, I mean, I, Roland Tembo though, very iconic, very. Iconic. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But it, <laughs> but I guess putting that aside, I guess I would still like a Roland Tembo movie, even though he did make it clear, like, oh, I'm no longer in the company of death at the end of Lost World. But you know, they got Alan Grant to come back to Isla Nublar. You know, so yeah. I mean. Anything can happen in this franchise, as we all know. Um, so I don't know. It could be interesting to have another story with him. Roland Tembo, I think that would be great. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'd see it. I think he's probably one of, if not my favorite character in the franchise. He's so, it's just such a well-written character. Uh, he's not yeah. a villain, you know? He's, no. he's yeah, it's, it's brilliant. That That's a great pick. I, w- I mean, it's tough because... Is t- you know is Tim uh, a supporting character? Yeah, I would say supporting character. Yeah. So I I probably go with Tim Murphy. I mean, my back when I was a kid after Jurassic Park three, I always wanted you know oh Tim Murphy's back and he's it's something to do with John Hammond his grandfather and it's Jurassic Park four and I would love a Tim Murphy movie. Um, I'm not sure yeah. what era would be good for that, but I guess. Somewhere between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World is that sort of era that I still want to venture into. Yes. With these yes. abandoned islands and considering, you know, what may have happened to them and who yeah. has visited them. But I guess maybe, um, yeah, maybe Tim Murphy. Um, That's a good one. Or, uh, you know what, it's tough. I can't think of anyone from the Jurassic World era, but, you know, Eric yeah, Kirby... <laughs> Eric Kirby yes. post Jurassic Park three, maybe at the time post Dominion when the world has you know come into this, the place it's in. It's Eric 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 Kirby's already survived it once. I mean, it's his time to shine, no? Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Or even Kelly. I mean, oh, okay. yeah, that no. could be interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Kelly would be, uh, yeah, no, actually, Kelly would be sick. It's funny, it's all the kids. Um, yeah, <laughs> what about personalities? So you kind of want to see where they went to next with those personalities and those characters would be yeah. fun, I guess. Especially yeah. after basically near death for all of them. 
you yeah. know, where would they be? Uh, I guess as well, um, more more of a, I guess, a supporting character like Nick Van Owen. Yeah. Have good. you seen Freaky? Have you seen Freaky? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was a fun movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I mean, that's the thing. Vince Vaughn, he doesn't, uh, he hasn't really done many serious roles. Lost World, one of his serious roles. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's a great comedy actor too. I, yeah. but I'd love to see him reprise Nick Van Owen in the modern world. I think that yeah. would be, uh, I think that would be great. What do you think the chances are that there's still possible cameos from characters like that in Dominion? Like, oh. especially when you have Ian Malcolm back, like I know Julianne Moore has said that she's basically not in it or she's made like an Instagram post or something, which obviously we can't check for right now. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, I mean, Essentially, when you have a characters like you know Ian Malcolm back, and he's got to at least bring up Sarah or Kelly or someone like. But what do you think are the chances of them actually just having like a walk-on appearance that you know no one knows about yet? I think it would. I think they would be silly not to. And I swear, it's something yeah. that has come up before. Is that if yeah, if if uh, Ian Malcolm's back and he's got quite a prominent role, is he going to mention? His daughter Kelly is he going to mention his wife Sarah Harding? Uh, is she going to be there? I mean, it would make the most sense for for Julianne Moore's character to return in this yeah movie and for sure. I, <laughs> I doubt she does. I feel like we'd know by now, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if they're just there for a second or two, it's all we want. <laughs> man, could you imagine seeing Sarah Harding stood there with a fully grown, like a grown up Kelly? Uh, it would yeah. just be so cool. Um, but I, I bet they would have, it would have come out by now. Like Vanessa Lee yeah. Chester would have said something on, on Twitter or Instagram. She would have like, I don't Unless know. She's I, in on it. Like she's part of it too. She's like NDA can't say shit. So yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah. uh, that's a great question. I think there are a lot of characters actually, that the more you go into it, the more it would be really interesting. Even like a Roland Tembo, uh, not Roland Tembo, uh, <laughs> um, Robert Muldoon. Uh, oh, you know, if only yeah. Jurassic, or like in his time learning the Raptors, or learning... like a John Hammond movie, but that he's more of a main character though, so maybe that's kind of off the question. A bit. Yes, come on, Derek, he's a lead. So oh, he's a, I just have to plug him in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Jurassic Park is like more of an ensemble movie anyway. I mean, I guess it is kind of more focused on Grant more than anyone else, but I mean. Yeah, it's, I'd say Grant, like an Ellie, and, and and Malcolm are like the main characters in that movie, right? They've yeah, got to, they've got to be, and and obviously the dinosaurs, I guess. Um, yeah, they're the real stars. So I mean, are. actually, <laughs> all the all the human characters are just you know side characters. They're all but... supporting characters. Yeah, yeah. So we choose so anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, no, I think there's a lot there, and uh, yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting question. But let's go through some more. So. We've had one from <laughs> Bad Jurassic Takes asks. <laughs> I love this account, by the way. This account. <laughs> I think I've seen them before. <laughs> um, good afternoon. What are your associations with the NSA and the CIA? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, absolutely no comment on that. So we'll move on. Um, no. Allosaurus <laughs> says, if Roberta dies, what predator would would take over the dominant predator role on the mainland? Allosaurus, Carnotaurus, or do you think? New rexes will be bred. It's fun to speculate how dinosaur ecosystems would work on the mainland with species from all different eras mixed together. And then they followed up. Uh, 
Uh, and do you think we will ever see wild velociraptors again? I'm kind of disappointed that all the wild raptors on Sauna are dead, at least as far as we know. Hope we get to see them again someday. And what happened to the JP3 Pteranodons? Uh, what happened to the ones that were left on Sauna? There were four. It's one question per person. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> um, lost one variant. Sorry for so many questions. Have a great day. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's all good. Um, great questions. So if the main T-Rex dies, which I think there was a lot of speculation that she probably will, right? She's old. Yeah, that could be like, especially with the opening showing her, God, that'd be so cruel, though. The Watcher died twice in one movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not really her, obviously. It's the original version of the Rex. But I mean, that's still like, wow. It's that royal bloodline, though. The royal bloodline. Um, You know, I think she's going to live then because, you know, they show her being killed or her original being killed in the opening. So then the ending would be she kills the giganotosaurus in the end Oof. i mean my theory real. we know there's a giganotosaurus attack um i mean did they even talk about it the the giga and the t-rex fight in the in the movie yeah post the dominion post the prehistoric scene yeah. so if the giga wins then you know that's colin taking a stance and saying the giga is the new king <laughs> but i just yeah. don't I don't see it happening. I feel like the T-Rex no. is going to win that one. Uh, he, he wouldn't want the backlash that the Spino got, even though Spino is the true queen. That is that is true. That is true, Assis. Right, Assis? Oh, he's not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Actually, or another theory, maybe they both die. Ooh. How about no dinosaurs? You know? That, you know, that would work too. <laughs> I feel like humans would be happy with that. Aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Or like he kills the Giganotosaurus first. And then like, you know, it's dead. And he's, he's still just kind of like, you know, crawling on the Rex is still crawling on the ground. Like, oh, I'm bleeding out. I'm dying. But at least I killed him. And <laughs> yeah. then like his, his heartbeat just kind of goes bum, 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 bum. Like in Godzilla 1998. Yes. And then he just dies. There you yeah. go. And then yeah. it lays a load of eggs and... <laughs> I wonder. Starts though, all over. <laughs> will there be more T Rexes? That's great. You know, will they breed more? I hope so. I mean, there's there's got to be more than one. I mean, we love our queen, but there can always be a new queen with yeah. a new king. So I mean, that's it. There was a king and queen on Sauna, and we loved yeah. uh, we loved seeing them. They really made the Lost World. You know, seeing them yeah. both together that was terrifying uh, for Eddie Carr. Best at least. family ever. I mean, come yeah, on. seriously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, will we see uh, wild velociraptors again? Ooh, I hope so. Because I mean, that's—I mean, I'm sure you agree with me on this, but that's the thing that's been missing from the Jurassic World movies is the the fright factor of the raptors. I mean, Blue is not scary. I'm sorry, she's not scary to me. No, she's a lovable puppy. Come on, it's, she's she's <laughs> as cute as Baby Bumpy. She's <laughs> well, maybe not that cute. Let's not push it. But, yeah, let's not push it. I, it's but. just it is weird. I, I think um, I know that there's some some law uh, Jurassic. Uh, it's not a live Jurassic World live tour. Uh, there's wild oh. velociraptors in Chile. Yeah, the the live show. I know what you mean, like live the show, stage yeah. show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I almost got to see if it hadn't been for COVID. Damn COVID, ruining everything. Ruining dinosaur time. Yeah, my time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, wild raptors. I think in Dominion we've got the Atrociraptors and potentially other uh, other types of raptors so i i think i think that's how they're filling the gap of lost raptors i think blue yeah and baby blue will still be the only sort of velociraptors that there will be um 
And then in terms of sauna, I don't, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen with sauna or if we're even going to get the answers we so desire about that island. But I just don't, I don't know like what their the problem idea. is. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is so wrong with Sorna now? Like, why don't they want to? I mean, I know they did name drop it in uh, Fallen Kingdom, so it still exists canon wise in in you know the current canon, so it is there. But yeah, what is their problem with Sorna? Why can't they <laughs> I just don't address know. it? And why did the Vara <laughs> marketing say that all the dinosaurs there are dead? You know, they were either moved off the island or they were you know shot in the face. I don't. I'm just, I, I just leave the island alone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I'd like oh. to think the JP3 Tyrannodons are still alive. Oh, no, they, no. So they, in the lore, they left the island at the end of Jurassic Park 3. They flew away, and the main character smiled. <laughs> Hopefully, they <laughs> right. land in Oklahoma. <laughs> and they were back in time for tea. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I just. Okay, Sean. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Vic Hoskins led the roundup that that captured them or killed them. I don't know. What, what would they have yeah. done with them? They probably would have just killed them, right? What would they have done with them? And that's why he got hired for Jurassic World, right? That was the whole backstory that they made on one of the websites. I can't remember which one that came from. I'm pretty mm, sure it was either Masrani or DPG. I think it may have been the ZPG site. I don't know. I, I didn't. But um, yeah, so what happened to the ones that were left on Sauna? That's probably what happened. They were shot in the face and there were four caged and all the stuff. Which I guess you could kind of insinuate from the scene in Jurassic World when, you know, those Tranodons were escaping and their own team, the same team, Hoskins team, shot them down and that's it. You're done with them. You know, maybe that's what we're supposed to just assume anyway from that breakout, that they deal with breakouts the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe, but great questions there. So uh, James Ronan asks, what's better in Dominion, Claire and Owen kissing again or Ellie and Alan? Uh, I would say Ellie and Alan, if I had to choose, or the no kissing option was a good one too. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather no kisses in my Jurassic, but if uh, if I had to be two, then I guess Ellie and Alan, but uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, it really, isn't, it really isn't necessary in a Jurassic, I don't think. Well, we've seen Claire and Owen kiss enough twice now <laughs> already yeah. during disasters <laughs> it's like are they together or not just just pick it pick pick a side of what you want with these people just do I it know. Just, just I know. Do, it, do it off screen so then we can just focus on the main stuff yeah, so yeah. Like, okay they're together great <laughs> like, um interesting question no, i don't know i guess yeah ellie and alan uh but uh, well i from the leaked there were leaked photos that showed ellie and alan kissing however that could just be non-filming. They could have just been kissing the actors. Yeah. Never know. Because for fun. Because <laughs> like why not? For, for fun. fun, yeah. No one's watching us. Let's just kiss. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's cause a panic on the internet for whenever yeah, Facebook yeah. comes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom. But it's interesting because I know that because of COVID, when Dominion filmed, they weren't. Nobody was allowed, you know, within six feet of each other. They were really abiding by those rules. Um yeah. Would they have got away with a kiss? Yeah, and I, you know, that's actually something that I'm still worried about is that they did film a very big percentage of the movie during COVID. And I'm wondering, like, how many corners they had to cut to do certain things, like using animatronics for one. Like, did they have to use them less because of COVID, you know, in terms of having too many people around in one, you know, stage kind of thing? I mean, 
I, I am kind of worried that something like that happened. For example, um, I don't know if you watched the show The Walking Dead. I don't think anyone does anymore but me. I just kind of started, actually. <laughs> but they did like like 10 special extended episodes that they shot during COVID. And they all were very lackluster episodes. I'm sure part of that's because of the writing. But it's also probably because they had so many restrictions of what they could do. Like they barely had too many zombies in one scene, for example. So, I mean, I'm wondering if corners like that were cut because of COVID. That's the one thing that has me worried. <laughs> mm. so. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting point. I know that they probably ended up using a lot of forced perspective on things like that to, to, you know, make actors appear closer than they are. And will that have an effect on performances? Will that have an effect on the movie? I guess that remains to be seen. Um, yeah. These are masters at work, so I'm sure it's all going to kind of come together anyway and, and feel fine but uh good question oh, it, be- it better it better yeah or else <laughs> it better there'll be there will be blood <laughs> yeah um okay so so uh the red raptor asks what do you think about the camp cretaceous fan theories like hawks being the british merc in fallen kingdom or sammy being related to marty gutierrez 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 yes really pronouncing that poorly um, do you guys have any of your own head canons concerning the show uh do you derek um not really any head canons i mean I, I do love the show though i do genuinely like uh camp cretaceous quite a bit especially the last the first season and the, the last season season three um were very good seasons and i did like the directions that they you know took the canon and you know how they played around with it because that was always the big thing with Jurassic World, it's like they had this park and they had all these different toys, but I feel like they didn't really get to play with the toys as much as I wanted them to. So I think Camp Cretaceous did that. But I guess to answer the question, um, I don't really have any extra headcanon for the characters of that show, to be honest. I kind of just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And I am just, I'm more curious about where it's going, which direction it's headed in. Um, you know, because it seems like the most logical option is Isla Sauna for season four. But, you know, I don't know if it I don't know if it will. I, I feel like now it's almost <laughs> too obvious that they won't do it. And then it will just be like, well, what happened to Sauna? <laughs> you know, where are they going to go? Are they going to go to a Manticore location? Are they going to go to a Biosyn location? It's kind of like, how are they going to go there? from? Because last thing we know, they're on a boat. Are they going to yeah. get rescued? Are they going to go back home, see their parents? well and didn't you guys camp? say camp was good thank you yeah it was fine yeah <laughs> we almost died time. a million times but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no it's it's interesting because i know you guys brought this up on a previous episode like if not sorna then where would they go they already confirmed that they're not going back to nublar right mm-hmm. uh, so it's like if they're not going back there then where else can you go to carry the story you know especially when it's in between fallen kingdom so it's before the dinosaurs are taken off of Nublar. So it's like, you know, that anyone knows of, of course, that's, I mean, that's the whole point of the show is like, Oh, here's more stuff you didn't know of like the Scorpius Rex, you know, which is awesome. So maybe there's, maybe there is, like you said, like a Biosyn location or a Manticore. Um, Cause I mean, why bring up Manticore if you're not going to do anything with it, which so far they really haven't. 
So exactly. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point. So maybe it's the that one did. thing after season one, when I was watching season two and three, it's the one thing I was waiting for was like, where's Manticore? Where's Manticore? And yeah. they, they never show up. And it's, it's weird. No. It's like, <laughs> it's like this storyline that they just kind of forgot about, but there's obviously a reason. I think the dominion delay obviously played a lot with Cam Cretaceous and what they couldn't, couldn't show. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we've, uh, who thinks the best. So, uh, Alejandro Q believe i've said that correctly uh what do you think is the best thing that has come out from the jurassic world era Ooh, there's been good stuff so i'm not thinking like oh this is hard like because there's nothing no this is hard because there's a lot of good stuff that came out of this um well i mean it did revitalize the franchise i mean and even like the theme parks i mean as we know like um, Jurassic Park the Ride in Hollywood got updated into Jurassic World the Ride. And if anyone had been on Jurassic Park, you know, before, you know, it got turned into that, it definitely was getting a bit rusty. I, mean, <laughs> I, I still love the original version better overall, but I mean, it definitely needed some updates and needed some upkeep. Um, and I think it without Jurassic World, overhaul. it really did. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Animatronics needed needed complete replacing. Uh, um, I think that's, I, I think that's, I haven't ridden Jurassic World the ride, but I read, I rode Jurassic Park the ride in Hollywood for the first time with you, with, uh, yes. with a bunch of guys in uh, yeah. at Jurassic Park 25. That was fun. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, my main thing was they, they, they've, all they've done really is given it a, a fresh coat of paint um, and they've yeah. added an animatronic Indoraptor, uh, Indominus Rex, which looks great. <laughs> and they've um, kind of updated the whole beginning of it. So it's not just you know, dinosaurs that pop out of the water and spray at you and things like that. But I still, it would have been great to to have that update a few years before Jurassic World. But so it remained Jurassic Park, but maybe it had a Spinosaurus and maybe it had a couple of other dinosaurs. And I feel like that could have been great. It's a, yeah. it's a shame because it, it, it doesn't feel like a new ride. It just feels like an updated version for the new era. It's still the same. You still take the same journey, you know, on a yeah. river raft, basically. And I'm sure part of that's because it would just cost way too much to gut out that entire ride and do something completely fresh. But I mean, luckily, they have done a couple of fresh rides now in Orlando. They have the Velocicoaster, which I have been, have not been on that yet. But I mean, it's, it's the it's tallest nice coaster thing. in Florida. Oh, is that what they're saying? Brava. Mm. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tallest coaster in Florida and something like the biggest loop or something like that. I don't know. See, but to me, that doesn't scream Jurassic Park or World as much as the Beijing ride that they have oh, created. I'm jealous. <laughs> that really does look like the best Jurassic ride ever. That's yeah. so fun. That's so fun. Not yeah. as fun as the Harry Potter ride, but you know. No. Oh, we'll get to the Harry Potter ride again. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back to that in a bit. Yeah, we um, will. Yeah. But I, the best, best thing that's come out of the Jurassic World era, come on, one thing. The one best thing. Oh, God. Could be anything. Well, is it that Ray Arnold set behind you? No, although that's a very <laughs> no. It is, it is a positive, but not the positive. Um, I don't know. I guess for me, it really was going back to Nublar and seeing what became of it. Like kind of seeing that kind of Hammond's original vision realized in some form. Maybe not quite the way he would have done it, but. You know, and even seeing like the old visitor center again, as imperfect as that whole thing was too. Like it just, that was stuff I always wanted to see. Um, and that's, 
you know, I, I love kind of going back to that world, um, especially after it was 14 years between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World. And, you know, the community was still there, the fan community, but it, it obviously took a big hit because so much time had passed. So it's kind of nice to be able to reconnect with people because of something that, you know, everyone loves so much. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. something that is really nice because you can't say that for for everything. No. Um, I mean, you can say that for Harry Potter, of course. Oh, but, come you know, on. Yes. Not much else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Derek, who is Richard Tanner? God, who is Richard Tanner? That's what Shit. I want to know. Yeah. Did we have to look it up? <laughs> it's like, oh God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so um so you're are you talking about the Jurassic Park 3 concept stuff or uh so his Jurassic Park 4 concept oh, stuff. Richard really Tanner's know. Jurassic Park, remember? Yes. And, it was, yeah. Uh, so John Bell, you can tell the story, John Bell. Yeah. So John Bell, I connected with John Bell, who is the art director of the original Jurassic Park. And he created a lot of concepts, you know, concept art and different concepts for different um, aspects of the film, you know, visual aspects, especially the vehicles. He created the like the paint schemes for the Explorer and the you know, the Jeeps and everything. So and even the look of the visitor center, um, you know, he helped in that. So, I mean, he created the whole visual aesthetic of the original Jurassic Park. So when I think of Jurassic Park, I immediately think of, obviously, apart from the movie, I think of his visual art style is what I always think of when I think of Jurassic Park every time. And and you've seen it all. If anyone's ever picked up the Making of Jurassic Park book, you know, it's completely all over that book, his artwork. Um and also, he did a lot of art for um, the Lost World, Jurassic Park as well. He came up with all the vehicle designs for that as well, like the Mercedes and you know the hum, the Hummers and the Mobile Lab as well. So like he had his hand in that as well. Um, and he did a little bit work on Jurassic Park three, not as much, just like a few uh, mostly unused design concepts, like for like motorcycle chase that never happened. Um, so, I mean, he still had his hand in that. But for Jurassic World, they actually brought him back and he did some concepts as well, including like a gate that said Richard Tanner's Jurassic <laughs> World. And we don't know who the hell that is. No. <laughs> like, who is Richard Tanner? And he he doesn't really know. I asked him about it, of course, and he doesn't really know as well. I mean, I'm sure he got some looked at a script. And if anyone has any Jurassic Park or World scripts out there, please just drop them off at your nearest uh, location near me so I can grab them. <laughs> yes. um, drop them in the desert by Derek. Yes. So yeah. we can all take a read. Um, yeah. yeah he, he was involved with Jurassic Park 4. Am I right? Before Colin joined. Yeah, I think it must have like during the uh, Colin Silver or Silver drafts. Um, yeah, because... It, I mean, it had the gyrosphere still. And I used to think that the gyrosphere was Colin's creation. He made it seem like it was, but maybe that was there all along too. Um, because he did do some gyrosphere designs, John Bell did. Um, so it's really interesting. I really hope that they release more about the making of Jurassic World someday, kind of fill in those early days blanks that are kind of all in the air right now. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely want them to fill in the 14-year the gap because there were so many iterations of Jurassic Park 4 that came and went. Um, we're at a point where, I mean, God, show us what you were planning because post-Jurassic yeah. Park 3, I know that they probably were 
I mean, Kathleen Kennedy said it herself. They were trying to, and so did Stan Winston. They were trying to balance the science and adventure. So we would have ended up with a movie that explored the science a little bit more. And I feel like the Jurassic Park 4 from 2005, from 2007, 8, 9, 10, would have been a little bit darker and they would have gone, not horror, not at all, but like a little bit more in line with The Lost World. It seemed like that's kind of where they wanted to go. Scientific adventure, not this kind of classic Jurassic Park 3 blockbuster. They learned from the mistakes there. So, I mean, come on, release the archives. Let's see what was being thought up there. There There was a script with... Laura Dern leading it. There was a script with uh, Lex Murphy in it. There was, you know, jo- uh, Richard Attenborough spoke about returning and yeah, spoke about how he would love to do another Jurassic movie. Uh, that kills me. Just, it does. Like, uh, it does. I remember. Could have been back. I, I must have it somewhere. I still have it. It must be um, a, a clipping from a newspaper of an interview with Richard Attenborough saying, when Spielberg calls me, I will be there. I would love to reprise the role of John Hammond once again. And it would have been the perfect end to, yeah. you know, that whole arc before Jurassic World. But anyway, that yeah. that's something that I'd love to see. And Richard Tanner is, yeah, as you said, it, it he must have got it from an early draft or something. Maybe Richard Tanner was Simon Mizrani. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. It was a Mizrani-esque character, you know, maybe the same basic scenario of what we ended up getting. I mean, because as we know, like they had the Colin and Derek Connolly had to share the script credit with um, Jaffa and Silver. So there must have been a lot of that DNA eh, still in the script. So, nice. yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's one script that I, I really do want to read, though, is the guy who wrote I Am Legend, Mark Pros, Pros, Mark P. Can't say his uh, surname. Um, I don't know if he ever, ever ended up actually writing a draft or if he was more of a treatment guy. Um, but the mm. idea is he worked with Spielberg on that, and then it went to Rick Jaffer and Amanda Silver, and that is a script that I'd love to see. I know that the Indominus Rex was not a hybrid. It was a, a new species of dinosaur that had been discovered, and there was <laughs> yeah. more about espionage and people trying to you know steal from Jurassic World. And, and just based on their Planet of the Apes series, I just I feel like that script was probably pretty sick. I feel like it yeah. probably was pretty fun. Um, and that's the interesting thing when we think of like these alternate versions of like Jurassic World and even Jurassic Park. Like, you know, would it have been better? Maybe not, but would it have been interesting? Definitely. Yeah, like, it definitely yeah. would have been its own kind of interesting that would still would have been fun to watch. Yeah. So it's fun to imagine that. Yeah. No, it really was. And I, I mean, back to that question. So, what do you think is the best thing that's come out of the Jurassic World era? I'm off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I genuinely can't think, but uh, I know that the fact that the franchise is now mainstream again it just that as a whole like Jurassic's you know my favorite movie it's my favorite thing so that's really good to see it's good seeing the Jurassic Park logo everywhere and it's nice to see new fans coming into it and and kids that are getting inspired um the fact that there's new video games is great obviously we talk about what we <laughs> what we feel is missing but the fact that Jurassic is back up there is great and Simon Mizrani what a character I think uh, I, I really love his character, and I think that's one of the best aspects of the Jurassic World film is Simon Mizrani. Yeah, no, and it's it's a shame that, well, he died in the movie anyway, but I mean, of course, the actor died as well. So it's like, God, I wish we could have seen more of him because he was a really fun character. Yeah, for sure. He was. He was one of the one of the really uplifting parts of that movie, and it felt like, you know, it felt close enough to that kind of feeling that John Hammond gave off this 
yeah, it might not be the right thing that you're doing, but you're so inspiring and it's just feel it's just so much love for what he's doing and just it was great. Yeah. Um it would have been great to see more of him. But yeah, no, really great questions. Any final thoughts, Derek? Anything you want to um what thing you want to mention? Um, I guess something I should bring up, and I guess it kind of connects to when we were talking about different versions of like the scripts for Jurassic World, but even um Jurassic Park itself had different versions of scripts and i was actually able to let's just say come across one that people he hadn't seen it. before well <laughs> i mean not like dennis nedry would have but it was you know i i copied it basically i i made sure that it you know left the archives into the fan archive <laughs> um but i mean yeah it basically it was a script that it's a very interesting script because originally the whole script writing process for the original Jurassic Park goes like this. So Michael Crichton, after he wrote his novel, was asked to do a couple of script treatments to kind of put them in the right direction of where to take a adaptation of Jurassic Park. So he did do his own drafts and there's one of those floating around the Internet. So you can find that not not because of me. Um, so yeah, there's, <laughs> one, there's one of those out there. And then after that was when this interesting thing happened. So Rick Carter is the production designer of Jurassic Park um, and also The Lost World. And he, he, when he gets into his work, apparently he really gets into it, but he goes all the way in terms of how he wants to, you know, imagine and properly detail, you know, his movies that he works on. And he did something that most production designers don't do. And that was he took Jurassic Park's script that Michael Crichton had written, the final draft that he had produced, and he rewrote most of it. Like he rewrote the entire beginning, you know, little bits of the middle and the entire third act. He completely rewrote himself based on their production meetings that they had, like with Spielberg and, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and everyone else involved, you know, at the time. And you know, even the art directors like John Bell, like they would be part of the meetings and they would kind of like throw out their ideas of like how to make the movie version of this and even some, you know, original ideas to make it different even. Um, so he took all these notes from the production meetings and he kind of cobbled together his own script using Michael Crichton's as the backbone to present to Spielberg and the rest of the production. So that's what he did. And again, that's not a normal thing that happens. Production designers don't do that. <laughs> like they don't write their own scripts or anything like that. Um, so that's what I found. And when I found it, I didn't know exactly what it was at first because I had never heard of it. It's never been mentioned before in any uh, production book or even on the internet. No, um, it, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> if you're a fan, you know that Michael Crichton wrote a script early on. You know that Malia Scotch Mamo, Mamo? Yeah. Uh, wrote a script to... Correct me if I'm wrong. E.T. She... No, she she worked on Hook, I believe. <laughs> Hook, yeah, <laughs> it? yeah, yeah. She okay. worked on Hook. Uh, but she wrote one, and then obviously David Kep ended up um, writing the yeah. screenplay. But interesting. So, production designer. Yeah, and you know, and and again, it's kind of like how I mentioned before. It may not have been a better script than what we got. I mean, it's the characters are still kind of in an early flux of you know being interesting enough for the movie um but even like there's even a little preface that uh, or preface <laughs> preface preface however you say it that um yeah. rick carter <laughs> that rick sorcerers. carter put sorcerers philosophers whatever i'm an, Amer <laughs> I'm an american and we say what yeah. we want right <laughs> um yeah so they uh 
he had he had a little introduction. There we go, uh, introduction to his script, and it did say that oh, you know, this is not, not to be taken seriously, basically in terms of like oh, use this script, but it's more like giving the ideas that he was going for in a way that was more fluid um, and that the characters would have to be reworked. He mentioned that specifically. So he wasn't trying to, you know, outstep on anyone's toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So, but, but it just shows he, the passion, right? It shows the passion that he had for the project and that everybody who was involved with Jurassic early on felt so much love and care for it that they wanted to do it justice. They wanted it to be perfect and it is it's, it's it's a 14 out of 10 movie yeah exactly and it always <laughs> will be no matter what happens yeah. <laughs> but yeah. and it's interesting because i think i got this information from the original making of, of jurassic park book but rick carter was not really interested in dinosaurs before jurassic park happened he wasn't like even as a kid apparently he was not really into dinosaurs but he kind of made himself be for the movie's sake and that's why you know, he got all into it. So the script, though, is really interesting because it adds some details, you know, that are not in the book or in the movie. Like um, there's like a scene with lava fields, which is like, oh, it's just cool. like a brief little scene. But it's like, you know, little I mean, they kind of mention it's a volcanic island in the book, but they never like show like actual lava fields or anything like that, that Grant and the kids walk through. Um you know, when they're in the middle of the park after the T-Rex breakout. Um, so you got like stuff like that. And then of course there's my favorite, the spitter umbrella, which is a really cool idea. Um, and I don't know how it has not been made into a literal thing yet. Like something you could buy, but in the gift shop in Jurassic park, there's an umbrella that has like the spitters head on like painted on the umbrella at the top. But the cool part is when you pop open the umbrella, you can squirt water out of it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right so in the script the kids actually use this umbrella as like a defense against a velociraptor after they get out of the kitchen um and it kind of distracts the raptor kind of scares it because it's like what the hell is this you know kind of <laughs> scary looking thing squirting water at me yeah. um and it tears up the umbrella and it's just like it's just a cute little moment it may not have worked in the movie but it's still just like a really a fun little gag and i'm sure spielberg loves to play with the idea of different gags in his movies. And I'm sure that was one that they played around with. Cause I think it comes up in the Marmo draft as well. The spitter umbrella, maybe. Um, well, it definitely yeah, it made the concept art, didn't it? There's that piece of them using it. Yeah. And there's, there's actually a couple different versions of that sequence. And that's why I think maybe they, they were toying around with that for a while. Um, so yeah, there's little things like that. And even like the characters like John Hammond, as people who have read the book know in in the book, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of like the the dark side of Walt Disney that Michael Crichton, you know, envisioned. Like he really wanted him to be this dark kind of, you know, sleazy character almost. And he didn't yeah. even care about his grandkids. Like he just had them there literally to appease, you know you know like the lawyers and everything like to just be like oh see this is a park for kids they're having a good time until they're not um <laughs> but but anyway so i mean this alternate version of the script like you know it, it made him be kind of like an in-between of like the dark hammond and like the kind of you know the movie version that we have that's more grandfatherly and like santa claus like yeah. um which is funny <laughs> miracle on 34th Grove, street exactly he played him in a remake of that which is great um that's the thing you can't cast richard attenborough and have him play a meanie 
He can't no. be a big meanie. He's too soft. No. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. It was the right yeah. thing. Yeah. So, I mean, and originally they were going to cast, I think it was um, Sean Connery at one point as John Oof. Hammond. So I think that would have worked for the darker version yeah. that they had in mind. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. So, but anyway, I, so I found this script and I thought, hey, what would be a cool way of like bringing, bringing this alternate version of Jurassic Park to life, but to make like a illustrated audio drama using all the original concept art that I could find in storyboards and all the you know original production materials and having like a little bit of fan-made stuff in there too, to kind of like bridge the gaps of the DNA sequence of the script, if Love you it. know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, I worked very closely with um, my friend Bernard Kyer, which I'm sure, you know, ah, um, prime survival days. <laughs> there you go, prime survival babe. So you also he... worked with Joshua. Yes, Joshua Malone. He Samantha. did a, a number of voices. Samantha, who is part of Jurassic Outpost. So yeah, yeah a lot of familiar faces got involved. Um, and so, yeah, we basically did an audio drama cast different people to do different voices. Um, I did my take on John Hammond, which I did not do a movie version of John Hammond, which I'm sure some people were expecting me to do a Richard Attenborough knockoff. But instead, I did the script version, which is you know, a very old grouchy man like this who just... (laughs) Oh, I love it. He's very different. He (laughs) loves his ice cream. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just making it up. But, you know, like, it's... um, It was really fun, but also very, very challenging because, you know, it was a 90-page script, which isn't, like, the longest script ever. But, you know, it took a lot of work from everybody to, you know, record the dialogue. And Bernard, like, mixed it together. You know, and Bernard did his own original music score for it as well. Um, and this thing's clocks in like around three hours um, when you put all oh, the parts wow. together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty big production. And then, of course, um, on my end, I apart from doing a couple of voices, you know, I, I edited the actual videos, you know, and I edited it to the audio that, you know, Bernard would mix together. Um, so I had to go to like thousands of images of concept art and storyboards you know, then the few original pieces I had made by uh, Philippe um, Humboldt. Hopefully I said his name right. Yeah. So he he did a number of sketches and a couple of paintings for things that were never conceptualized that we're aware of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was quite a production. And it's, yeah, it's just a really fun way to experience what Jurassic Park could have been. It's a hugely and... ambitious project, but one that truly paid off. I mean, what I've seen of it or heard of it, seen of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, you're, you're exploring something that's like, you know, not a lot of people knew about. And then now it's like this whole new edition of Jurassic Park. I think it, it's fantastic. And has, uh, have you been able to get that in uh, Rick Carter's hands? Well, from what I know, cause I showed it to John Bell because it uses quite a bit of his work, of course, in the, in the videos of, this production mm-hmm. so you know and he he knows rick carter because he worked very closely with him since uh, rick carter was a production designer he worked closely with art directors and yeah so apparently rick saw it and he from what i was told he loved it so that's like the most flattering thing that could have been said that's incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it's it's great because i mean it could have gone it could have gone either way he could have hated it he could have hated that i even found this thing because i'm sure 
you know, not many people really got to see this in the production, even I'm sure just, you know, you know the people at the top, basically, because especially it wasn't used for very long. It probably, it was probably something he's not thought about in a very long time as well. And, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> seeing that you've put this whole thing together, is basically this entire script into a performance piece with visuals. It's, it probably felt very, yeah, very meaningful to him. And that's, um, yeah. Yeah. Which, which makes it feel like I did something right because if he would have hated it, God, I probably would have taken it down, honestly, because <laughs> I just yeah. like, oh, God, that would have submits like, a copyright such a claim. Bummer. He's just like, that could have happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a truly ambitious project and, and something that, that truly paid off. So, yeah, congratulations, man. But where can people find that? That's the most yeah. They can find it on the website. It's probably the easiest way. Go to jurassictime.trescom.org. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you could definitely find it there. And it's on YouTube as well. You could probably just type in Rick Carter's Jurassic Park and find that particular playlist that way. Because um, yeah, it is, is multiple videos. Um, there's like an introduction that talks about what it is. And then it goes into the actual um, audio drama after that. Because, um, yeah, it can be downloaded as just an audio drama as well if you just want to listen to it, because it definitely works as audio only um, as well. That's the way Bernard designed it to work. But also, if you want to watch it, I definitely made it so you could do that, too, with all the different concept art, you know, just to see visually like what it really could have been. It's kind of like the the Marvel What If series on Disney Plus It's basically, you know, like a less polished version of that, obviously. But, yeah, it's definitely what Jurassic Park could have been. Um, it's definitely unique because yeah. the script's unique. So hundred yeah. percent. And yeah, I would, I would, I would suggest that people go check that out and um, either download it or listen to it, stream it, add it to your watch later on YouTube and, uh, and, and dive into that. Cause a lot of work went into it for, um, from some very talented people in the community. Um, yeah. Lots of uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> really, really worth checking out. And we will link that in the description, but Derek, it has been wonderful talking to you today. And uh, yeah, I appreciate definitely. you joining the podcast, man. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. And hopefully some more crazy stuff will be coming up soon to talk about. Yeah. Feels like we're in another lull a little bit with uh, lack of Dominion news. But that's just uh, the marketing has not truly begun yet. When it does begin, it's going to be crazy. Everyone's going to be everywhere scrambling to to uh, get things together. But um, yeah, so thank you for joining me, Derek. It's been good having you along. Thank you as well. And have a good one. Yes, Harry Potter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter times 10, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> times 10. <laughs> times 10, man. Jurassic Park and Harry yeah. Potter, just two two of the best franchises ever made ever. The only uh, ones. It will, yeah, there's nothing else compared compared. Nothing else. So, yeah. Uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting word, I'm getting a uh, information that facebook and instagram are back so uh oh my god my life can continue <laughs> yeah, that's it oh i felt god. lost without social media <laughs> um yeah. totally. no I, I just received a whatsapp message so i believe everything is back so that's interesting yes. um, hopefully you took this time away from social media to realize you don't need social media and no. you can get rid of them and we can all run away from social media um, they've already sold all your data anyway so you got nothing exactly. to say <laughs> exactly. Derek, hopefully speak to you soon, man. Yeah, definitely. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, buddy. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the In General podcast. Uh, if you're somehow, if you haven't seen, uh, yeah, we're on uh, different YouTube channels. So if you're watching on there, subscribe. That's the new home of the In General. And we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Bye.
Bye.